Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Here we go. And don't forget the code TRIPAP200, and that will get you $200 off your tri booth. Well, here we are, 2024. Um, nothing's really changed much, I guess. We're still above water. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's not, not here again. <laughs> I can I can hear the horses of the you know galloping over the horizon, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but so far oh, so boy. good. Yeah. Now talking of the horses galloping over the horizon, our biggest bunch of horses is AI because mm-hmm. that's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. And there's been a ton of discussions. I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, an animator in film, and he you know was concerned as well about how AI would affect his business. But then he was talking about a friend of his who's an actor who's just moved to Italy and uh, setting up camp over there, but, you know, working back in Australia via Source Connect. Uh, But he was making plans to license or to own his voice, get the copyright of his voice, and then be in a position that if anyone wanted to use it as an AI, then he would get a fee from licensing his voice out. Mm. Which kind of makes sense, but then the discussion is, okay, so we'll say, for instance, a company, an AI company, decide they want to do a combination of two, three, four different voices to make their own voice. How does that work? Do you, four people get paid a license fee or? Yeah, very good point. Mm, I, I, well, it, I it's kind of like, I think of it as a little bit like sampling back in the 80s when sampling started becoming a major thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, artists like Beastie Boys and different groups were sampling like crazy. Um, but, you know, not attributing the samples to the original artist. And then all these lawsuits started and then didn't put a stop to it. But basically it became way more expensive to produce your album. You couldn't just rip people's stuff anymore mm-hmm. until you were successful. And then once you were really successful, <laughs> you, you had you money up. and yeah. the record label would go pay the $150,000 mechanical license to sample, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen or something. Yep. So this seems a little bit similar to that in that, you know, like, so if you take a sample and, 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 or a melody from a song and take it apart enough where it's not recognizable, then you can probably now, no, you no longer probably have to attribute your content to the original creator. That's basically what they sit in court doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, like uh, when um, Vanilla Ice did Ice Ice Baby. Yes. And he said, my song is... And their song is different. Queen did... See, it's different. So you have to make it a little bit more different than that Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what's going to be happening with voice, right? So, yeah, it's going to get very interesting when that starts happening, when they start just mixing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And what made you you starts to disappear. Um, Unless they 
figure out a way to to stamp like a metadata stamp into your audio mm-hmm. that is sort of like the DNA of the audio file, you know, where it just, yep. no matter where that file goes, that DNA is there. Um, it's going to be very difficult to track it. And I do know that there are people working on that as a way to tr- trace audio. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, I've, I think we've talked about this before, but I'm sure the the signature of a, a human voice, it would be like a fingerprint. Like no two voices are the same. Well, if it is the yes. case. Then, there, yeah. there's, the, there's the voice print, but there's also the idea of hiding, which, which is basically like a DRM, a digital rights management element to the files. Um, so that, so those things can't be so easily redistributed. Um, you know, like for example, with, with audio, like for, if you have a digital file, the only way to strip the DRM is you have to basically record the audio file via an analog method to get out of the DRM, you know? So you'd have to do that process. Um, I guess the problem is, is that if your whole thing is just creating a new voice, then you don't care. You, you can easily strip that away from the file. So but if it, maybe, you know, if you're downloading, you have to go to some kind of, a, a, you know, a bank of voices. And if they're all, you know, they have their own sort of like signature, um, like a digital signature, then when you download that voice, you pay your license fee. To download it, mm-hmm. it's not after the effect. It's before you start mixing up voices that you pay. I, I believe that Tim Friedlander of of Nava has been digging into this because um, it's something that there in the U.S. has they've been trying very very hard to protect voice actors' rights, protect them from AI, and they have a whole page on their website at navavoices.org, and it's just. AI voice actor resources. <laughs> and it's just stuff to help protect and, and support the voice actor. So their voices aren't, uh, you know, so their rights are protected. So they're working pretty hard on that here in the U.S. Obviously, whatever happens in the U.S. is not necessarily going to matter around the world. But they are looking at ways to protect um, you know, they call it the Nava Synthetic Voice Artificial Intelligence Rider. So it's something to look at if you're looking at some, you know, what's being done in the space and what are, what is out there. And, uh, you know, sounds like could be a good topic in a future episode and have Tim come on and actually talk about more deeply about what he's up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's changing every day, of course, you know. It's, it's it is absolutely. Closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- Here's the interesting thing in all this, though, is is it's not really just voiceover artists that this affects. I mean, you think about people who run a podcast, for example, mm-hmm. or people who are sharing content on YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. All of a sudden, all those voices are sort of sitting out there open to, let's call it abuse. Um, and, and what do they do about it? I mean, how the hell does that work? Yeah, no, it's a concern. And that's one concern for people that make a living with their voice. And then there's also a little bit of an issue with the theft of actual knowledge or intellectual property um, with AI. In fact, it's coming to such a head that even the New York Times has decided to sue OpenAI in court 
um, because they feel that their use of their their content and you know their free use essentially unfettered use I should say it's not shouldn't be free but their unfettered use of content from New York Times being now used to build knowledge what's called a language model yeah um, is a major problem and that has really gotten me thinking a lot about my gosh I have so much content out there. Mm on YouTube and elsewhere. And I'm sure it's already been used to build other people's blogs or at least give inspiration. Of course, I wanted to educate, right? That's the key thing. Yeah. But there's, it's so much easier now for someone to just rip that content off and repurpose it and just use it to the, for their own, you know, start up my starting my own business <laughs> yeah you know and because there's so many new businesses popping up every day like mushrooms in trying to get a little piece of the voiceover industry the voiceover world i guess well it's funny because a mate of mine he we were talking about this podcast in fact and he was saying you guys are crazy you're just giving stuff away you know right. you're not getting paid for it you're just giving it away to whoever wants to take it right Right. And you kind of think, yeah, okay, if you if it's an educational thing, we don't mind. But it, but you, can, I can see what he's getting at. It's more that it's not actually us particularly. It's the content that we're giving that will be ripped off and delivered some other with some other method. Right, right. That's the well. Problem. That's a whole not. Yeah, that, that didn't used to concern me so much because the content is basically hard to find. You know, it it's hard to find. It's hard to go back and reference something we said on a show four years ago, right? Yeah. If you want to go find that in it in traditional ways, you're not going to find it. But now with AI tools, this is going to be an issue, a real issue, because then really you can just go back and find anything in audio or video and immediately reference it as one thing, but repurpose it and reuse it is another thing. And that's going to be that's increasingly simple to do. Mm. Yeah, and the, but the thing is with, uh, I don't know what the case um, that, that New York Times are putting up in court, is it is it plagiarism or? I think they're looking at it as plagiarism. Yeah. yeah. But if it's just news, I mean, that news is out there already anyway. So what's Yeah, but the... if, they, if, they're, if they're ripping off the copy, it's oh, not Oh, you're talking the about news. they're actually stealing the copy. I thought George was just saying they're using them for like ideas for stuff, but they're actually taking well. Copy. That, that, well, they also do, you know, these legitimate journalistic platforms, which, you know, get a lot of flack for being, you know, in just the word media in the United States. I don't know about Australia, but in the U.S., media is used as a bad word all the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's a, there, there's a basically a war on facts, right? Yep. Yeah. And so these media outlets like New York Times, they spend a lot of money on investigative journalism. Like investigative investigative journalism is very expensive. It takes and they can spend weeks, if not months, doing stories, right? So you just take that content and just rip it off and, and just repurpose it and use it for yourself. You're that really is stealing an investment in that content. You know, it's a huge deal. Yeah. To New York absolutely. Times. So it's not just news. News is one thing. Like, you know, dog cut caught in the well okay but um but like investigative journalism i think that's the stuff that really really ticks them off that you gotta get that could get stolen are you talking about actually stealing the copy or are we just talking about there was a story in the new york times about this dude who was ripping off his company blah 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 
No, like um, just when you go to like a chat tool and type into the chat tool, um, tell me everything you know about John Wayne Gacy ah, or some murderer. Gotcha. Or, okay. I want to know. Yeah, oh, I need yeah, to do a whole yeah, thing yeah, on this yeah. particular topic that, and then the the results that you get back are not attributed. The problem right. with these chat tools, it's not that they're giving you information. It's that Where they're it's giving you from. unattributed information. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. It's like they're saying, okay, here's a here's an entire term paper. It's all written for you. Just go ahead and give it to the teacher. Yeah. Um, but if if they would just attribute where the actual data comes from and annotate it and say, okay, well, this piece of information, just like if you read a Wikipedia article, um, everything is attributed with links at the bottom telling you where everything came from. Um if that was attributed, that would be a different animal. You know, now they could they, now they could point back and say, "Yeah, here's all the information you need, and here is where we found it." Like if you go on Google, the very first search result oftentimes is an AI response. Have you noticed that lately? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. and it yeah. shows like just a plain text paragraph mm -hmm. written out and a very easy to read thing, and then it, right below it, it shows where the source came from for that. Yeah, you know, for that answer. Yeah, so it's attributed, right? Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff is not going to be attributed. So that's, that's what they, that's what they're fighting for. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for, for me as someone who's an educator, you know, I'm concerned about the loss of attribution and, and the loss of my control over my content, even if it's out there available to freely browse and, and consume the fact that now you can scrape it, repack it and redistribute it and not attribute it to anybody is the product part really, uh. Yeah, you know that's what I'm concerned about. Yep, we all spend enough time doing this content to having it ripped off. Yeah, I mean we we've been doing it to help the community, but we do it to we do it to help the community. We do it because it's fun, and then but frankly, at the end of the day, it's also promotional. Yeah, you know, and it, it's so that people know that I'm out there doing this thing, and that I'm the guy that you know seems to know what he's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I have real benefit. There's real benefit. And me doing the show like like v, like VOBS and Ewabs for 13 years, so now all that content is out there and it's great and it's still attributable to me, but it's very very easy to just repurpose and rebuild. And you could build an entire YouTube channel in a day, and I'm not even exaggerating. I could build an entirely new YouTube channel, completely ripping off all of any of my content or any of our content. And start making money. You could start yeah. making money. Now, it'll take a while. You're not going to make much. Mm. But you, within, within a few months, you could actually start making an income with stolen content using a faceless YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's it's crazy, super easy. There are YouTube videos explaining how to do it step by step. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Watched, we should um, rip those off. <laughs> I watched a 10-minute video, and I was like, at the end of that, you know, the guy was moving very quickly, you know, but... If I slowed down and followed what he did and did the same things he did, I could generate an entire YouTube channel based on stolen content. I'm surprised YouTube are allowing that. Why aren't they taking shit like that down? They're, surely they're doing themselves damage. Well, that's what's that's the thing because YouTube stands to gain because it's just more content. Yeah, YouTube wants more content. <laughs> they want more people making more content. The more content there is, the more they have to monetize. Mm. So, you know, that's the thing about YouTube. Mm. Um, and they are the kings, man. Uh, YouTube is the absolute undisputed number one podcast platform mm. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That well, is it. 
Yeah, well, Google Do- own it, don't they? Don't didn't Google buy Google YouTube? owns it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify is huge, but it's not as big as big as YouTube. YouTube yeah. is the king of podcasts. Yeah, and uh, so it's a different place. Yeah. Well, so you know, you know I just. A- Go, Go ahead. I was just going to say, coming from a music background, don't start me on Spotify and what they pay artists either. So, you know, yeah. it's like, I know. And I, and I, I'm absolutely guilty of using Spotify. I've been using it for years yeah. because of the lock-in. There's a lock-in that comes with it. And it's not that you can't move elsewhere. And I actually did find a tool that will help you export all your Spotify playlists mm. to another place, which is critical that you can do that. But yeah, once you learn a thing and you know how to use it, and then you've got other family members who are using it, um, and you've got all those spots, and you and you get addicted to the recommendation engine that Spotify uses and all that stuff, <laughs> it is much harder to walk away from Spotify. I mean, I wanted to move over to um, Tidal. Have you heard of Tidal? No. No. T-I-D-A-L? No. Oh, actually, I might have. Yeah, yeah. It's another music. I think it's music. owned by um, Dr. Not Dr. Dre. It's it's owned by an, uh, an artist in the U.S. and it pays a dramatically higher royalty. Yeah, than Spotify, but like four times. Yeah, yeah, four yeah, X. Yeah. So I was like, well, I could just move to that. It doesn't cost much more in Spotify. They're you know they're going to make more money, um, but I'll still be stuck on Spotify because that's where all my podcasts are. Mm. So then maybe I should move my podcast somewhere else. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, it's all too hard. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. I've got 10 other more important things oh, to do yeah, right now. Totally. And that's what they play on. You know, it's Absolutely. funny. Like I, I went to, uh, oh, I had an argument with Apple, with the Apple store mm. the other day. I had to, <laughs> it's a long story. I'll try to make it short, but I, <laughs> I had to make a doctor's appointment and there's a new doctor's surgery that's literally opened up two blocks from here. So I thought, oh, I've only got to go and get a prescription don't need to see my regular doctor, I'll go there. But to, to go to this place, there's no receptionist. You've actually got to have an app on your phone and you book in through the app. And oh, then wow. it, it just says, you know, be here at this time and, and wait yeah. outside this room and bang, you know, you can go in, right? So I went to download the app and I couldn't download it. Apple Store wouldn't let me. So I ring Apple, <laughs> no. Apple support and I go, oh, blah, blah. And they go, oh, yeah, you've got this, um, this YouTube trial uh, that's trying to renew, um, but it can't. Because, you know, it's, it's saying that there's an issue. And I went, well, yeah, I tried the YouTube trial and I actually cancelled it two weeks ago. Um, so, you know, so that should be fine. Oh, oh, hang on, blah, blah, blah. Oh, actually, yes, you're right. Sorry about the inconvenience, Mr. Robertson. You know, we'll, we'll sort out your account. So they sorted out my account there and then. And so then I could download my doctor's app so I could book a doctor's appointment. And I just thought, this is how much control these people have over our lives. Smokes. Yeah, yes. you know, they fuck up. It's not, it's not my fault, but I still can't make a doctor's appointment until I ring them and, and book in. I thought with everything yeah, going this way, how long is it going to be till they control our lives completely? It's crazy. Oh, that, don't you worry about that. They, <laughs> it's not far away. Yeah. That's bonkers, man. I know. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That's not yeah, a boomer problem either. That's an everybody problem. It, it, it is an everybody problem. I don't care how yeah. old or young or technical or non-technical you yeah. are. If you get locked out of something necessary for your health care or something, mm-hmm. yep. that's not a joke. That's no, not a joke. It's crazy. You know? And I, I, I also, do, I, look, I, you know, nothing you can do about it really because, I mean, everything is online these days. But all of the, the information about all of us is somewhere 
floating around in space. Mm. Mm. And, you know, anyone with half a brain who can hack is going to get all the information they need about you and yeah. everything about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just moved. I did another one of those, got to move, got to move. I moved um, my password management from LastPass to another platform called Bitwarden. And um, I did it after listening to my one of my trusted sources, Leo Laporte. He does this show called Twit. <laughs> yeah, Twit. I love the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week in tech, and I've been listening to Leo and a fan of his for years, man, fifteen years probably. It's one of the reasons I started my own show. And um, you know, he's and he, they were. I mean, they had the naming rights of the of their studio, LastPass. It was the LastPass Studio. That's how much they were trusting and using, you know, and they trusted them. And then things went south with LastPass over the last year. Um, they had a data breach, all kinds of stuff. And I had everything on there. EIN, oh. social security, driver's license, oh, everything crap. about my identity was in this one database. Oh, yeah. right? So I finally moved all, exported and imported the database into this other tool, Bitwarden, which so far has been safe and has not been knocked, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, talk about having everything in one place where yeah. you can own the keys to the castle. That, that, that definitely is the case. So yeah, it's a crazy, it's a, it's a bit of a scary time. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, my life's on Google, you know, because I've got a Mine Google, too, yeah. I've got a G Suite account. That's Voodoo Sounds email is actually a G Suite account. Plus I use Google Mine Drive. Too. So all my stuff's there right. on Google Drive. And, you know, you think of everything else that you use. And, and, and then they have my credit card details as well. So, so oh, yeah. what I've actually done, and, and I don't know whether this is helpful. It's completely not audio, but I don't know whether anybody else will find this helpful. But what was suggested so. to be my, my accountant and I've actually done is I got a a debit card, a Visa debit card that's separate to my main account. And right. so I've taken all my other credit card details down and I've just put that card up. But then at the beginning of every month, all I do on there is put enough money to cover my direct debits. So if anybody right. ever hacks that account, right. the most they can take is, you know, a few hundred bucks that pays for my pay TV and for, you know, my right. G Suite account and all that sort of shit. They've, they've got yeah. nothing else. Well, we did the same thing when we were traveling. We had a, a one card yeah. that we used, you know, to buy stuff. But all the other cards we didn't use anywhere. And you just feed that account every, you know, every day. You put some money in for when you, while you're traveling around. So if someone did happen to hack your card, you know, bad luck. So I know that U.S. and the rest of the world handles credit cards pretty differently. Like in the U.S., the burden is completely on the, the merchant. So if someone steals my credit card tomorrow and, and spends $8,000 and goes on a shopping spree, where does that money go and what happens? What happens is the, 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 I call the credit card company and they, they say, sorry about that, sir. And the merchants all lost out on all that shit. Mm, wow. That's how it works in the U.S. 100% on the merchants. It's similar here, but they try to, um, actually, I'm not sure, because I, I, I got done last year. Are you guys chip and pin where every single credit card transaction has to be chip and then a pin number? Uh, well, I use the phone anyway now because that, that was a lesson you I tap. learned from last year. So I just tap on, but um, and I, I tap when I'm 
you know, obviously out and about. Yeah. But someone got excited. It was funny because I got a text message from my bank saying, uh, we've actually put a hold on your card, one of my cards. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not going to fall for that one, monkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I thought, I'll just check my account, you know, even though I know this is a, a spam. So I jumped in the account. It's like, oh, fuck, someone, about two and a half thousand bucks had been spent while I right. was asleep. Right. Um, so I was straight on to them. Anyway, it took about three weeks, but the money, all the money came back. Yeah. But that was um, on a credit card, not a debit card. Uh, well, it can be used as both. It's a MasterCard, so we use it both. Yeah, yeah, but, but that yeah. wasn't cash out of your bank, right? Yes, it was. It was coming oh, out of my bank. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That's <laughs> way worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> way worse. So I'm like, great. Thanks, guys. You just, uh, you know. There's also virtual credit cards, and then there's like, um, there's a there's a service um, whose name right now is slipping my mind that you can actually, and, you know, this is a lot of work, so a lot of people aren't going to do this. But it will let you not only create a new credit card number for every every store you shop at, so you could have a credit card number for Amazon and one for whatever, but it'll even make burner credit card numbers. So they're one and done. You use it and poof, dead. So there are ways to really protect yourself from theft, but it's just not as convenient. It's just more work. Do you know what, though? We were talking about this just the other day, and I know we're way off topic, as usual. (laughs) Um, We're so far off topic, it's (laughs) ridiculous. That's all right. I think this... I I know this is off topic, but I really think this is the the unspoken shit that people don't talk about and just don't think about, and I think it's a service to our listeners. So if you're still here listening to you, listening (laughs) to this... Kudos. Kudos. Yeah, kudos. I saw this woman campaigning online about using cash. Don't let the banks dictate Mm -hmm. how your money is is moved around. Right. And I kind of said, oh, yeah, whatever. And then I I watched it for a bit longer and I thought, yeah, yeah, I kind of get it. It's a bit, bit of a, you know... Tin conspiracy theory kind of thing. But the more I thought about it, and then there was another thing we heard, it was on a podcast talking about the same kind of thing. It's like, if you you don't use cash, eventually there will not be cash. It'll all be done online. So it'll just be like numbers. But then who controls that? (laughs) Like all of a sudden the banks control everything. Like if I go and spend cash, then it's like a transaction between me and somebody else. If I use... A, a card, then it's a transaction between me and somebody else with someone in the middle, and that's the bank. And then they dictate to you, like, okay, you're going to use that card, we'll charge you 1.5%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if there's never any cash around, then it's like, it's a free-for-all. They can do whatever they like because you've got no choice. Yeah, of course. And do you, you know, do you trust the big banks not to get not to do that? Because I certainly don't. No, absolutely not. I mean, and the other thing is, that the other part of using cash is, you know what you've been spending. When you use a card, you just don't. Yeah. Uh, if it's well, cash in your wallet and you, you go, oh, shit, I've only got a couple of hundred bucks left in my wallet and that's got to do me until Friday, mm-hmm. then, you know, you work to a budget where if you're flicking a card around, you don't even think about it until all of a sudden your card bounces and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, there's no money in there. There is, there is another way to do things outside of the monetary system. And I'm not talking about Bitcoin either. Barter? It's called bartering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was actually part of a barter network before I moved to LA, before I moved to California. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a barter network and it was like a formalized thing where you joined and you could go to meetings and you could, you know, but it was the whole thing was like, oh, you do massages? Okay, great. And then I, you know, and I happen to be a bookkeeper and da, 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 da. 
and you would actually trade on your bartering. And you, you would, they had a record of what you bartered and what it was worth. That's a good combination, though, by the way, George. What's that? <laughs> you can massage the books. Massage the books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know, I found one just now called BarterNetworkInc.com. Not endorsing this, but I just Googled it. Um, but um, there are other ways to do it. It's just it, how are you going to do business as a service provider, especially with other countries, let alone, you know, your own, you know, your own country. Yeah. And find people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm down to barter. That sounds good. <laughs> That's going to be pretty tough. But that is the alternate. That is the alternative, you know, is bartering. Well, bartering is also has other benefits too. Yeah. Tax, no tax. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's why, that's probably what keeps barter networks from growing is because they are, they're not to the benefit of the federal, of the government. Yeah, <laughs> Just not to the benefit true, of the government yeah. at all. So, you know, they, they really don't want them to be successful. Exactly. You know? So, well, man, I, this this is definitely a rat hole episode. I was going to say, you know what, uh, New Year, we maybe we should rename the show from the pro-audio suite to the political audio suite. <laughs> or, or the no. pro-audio ramble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, technically yeah. we're still in holiday mode, so I guess everyone's going to have to forgive us this week. Man, Are I'm you guys here still in, in holiday mode in, in Australia this week? Well, it's our summer, so yeah, it's yeah, sort of... It goes yeah. through till the end of January. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man, you guys, Americans were like freaking back to work on the second. I mean, uh, yeah. so everything's wow. back on right now. It's like yeah. full on. Yeah. Yeah. See, here it's like we have, we have Melbourne Cup, which is our Kentucky Derby, I guess. Yeah, um, yep. it, which is on the first Tuesday in November, and as the saying goes, you know everything stops on, on, for, on Melbourne Cup Day, and so really everybody's winding down for Christmas. There is what that means, and then yep. school doesn't go back until the beginning of February. So it's sort of you that's know, incredible. You well, yours, yeah, in. yeah. I think we go back. We go back at the end of January, but then uh, the schools broke up. Uh, when was it? it? Was the beginning of December, end of November? Oh, mid December, I think. Yeah, yeah, mid December. Oh God, that's so un-American. <laughs> yeah, well, it's our summer, you see, yeah, and and also right. you don't really have holidays like we do. No, we don't. No, we like, have national you know, holidays, but they're like a one or two day affair. Yeah, it's over and done. It's like if it if Christmas falls on a Saturday or a Sunday, they'll give you Monday off, and then you're back to work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot to learn about you guys. No one works between <laughs> Christmas and New Year here. Between Christmas and New Year, you're lucky if the local supermarket's open. I'm surprised the I'm surprised the 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 planet doesn't sort of get tipped off its axis. Quite frankly, during <laughs> this period, because no one is in town. They've all gone. That's in right. fact, they're down here sinking our beach. <laughs> oh, I was going to say yeah. it must be nuts because because you would you would think L.A. would be full of people, right? Because it's a beach. City, yeah, but it's yeah. not the case at all. Everybody here leaves and goes to their families because people in LA aren't from LA. I mean, half of LA at least is not from here. So yeah, it's very they, they yeah. all disappear. So this city is awesome during the holidays. It's it is great. No traffic. Yeah. It's <laughs> no one there. <laughs> but now well, it's like, it's yeah, back it's like to here, like normal. Yeah, driving driving from here because I'm what doesn't mean miles would be what eight, uh, seventy miles out of Melbourne, um, and it can take up to well two and a half hours depending on yeah. if it's peak hour and stuff. Uh, but this time of the year, I can be into South Melbourne 
in about an hour and 15. There's no one on the road. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. I mean, we we made the mistake because I just, I just wanted to get out of town and we made the mistake of driving to Vegas and then driving to Zion Park, which should be a four and a half hour drive and then another two hour drive, right? Boom, boom. And the drive to Vegas was seven hours plus and the drive to Zion was five hours. Wow. Oh God. Jesus. It was insane. Like it was just, there was a, there's a construction zone. It's going to go to one lane. Well, that's a 45 minute backup. <laughs> it just and you have nowhere to go because it's the middle of effing nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> which is I know what a lot of Australia is the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah so. exactly. But yeah. Uh, California, Nevada, and the, that those areas are are very middle of the nowhere. You really get away from everything very quickly. Yeah, um, once you get out of LA. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, how do we wrap this one up? Well, I think um, we just did. <laughs> Everybody's fallen asleep by now. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, skip. Yeah, you can wake up now. Ding. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribo. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. ProAudioSuite.com.